And now. And now. It's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal. Sports and Metal. Because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees. And Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast, your source for all things sports and metal. I'm your co-host, Aaron Savage. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Voorhees. Yeah, man. And we are super, hell yeah, we're super excited to bring you this podcast. This is a very unique podcast. We don't think you'll find anything like it anywhere. Uh, Sports and metal, because sports and metal go better together, right, Jay? (laughs) <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, oh, yeah. what else What else could you use right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with everything going on in the country right now, there's no really diversions. You know, it's it sucks. We need our sports. We need our music, you know. And uh, speaking of what's going on in the country right now, Jay and I, you know, figured we'd deal with the elephant in the room right away. Um, you know, we both agreed we don't ever want to be political on the show. Um, you know, as we said, Sports music is supposed to be uh, a diversion from real everyday life, but with everything going on right now, it's really no way to avoid addressing it. Uh, when we we'd be remiss not to address it, and it does have relevance to sports, and particularly the NFL. And obviously, we're talking about a the coronavirus, which has affected all sports, but even more recently, the George Floyd uh, situation and the protests and riots and everything that's gone on since. And I know, Jay, you had a lot to say about that. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off to you, man. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm uh, really passionate about. And, uh, you know, certainly all lives matter. Uh, but, but, you know, I have to say, as a white male, I've never experienced that, you know, the kind of fear, disrespect or subjugation that black Americans have in this country. Uh, black Lives Matters is not about the death of black Americans, uh, in my opinion. It's about the life they lead the experience and, you know, the experience they could have if they weren't subjected to that hate and intolerance. And, and I, you know, it's kind of frustrating because, you know, you say, I mean, I've, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but, you know, I don't think anyone's saying that all lives don't matter, you know, but what it comes down to, it's saying that, you know, we have to absolutely acknowledge that black Americans, Americans have been victimized by systemic racism. And, that, you know, you can't ignore that. And, you know, uh, you know, I stand I stand behind them 100 percent. And, you know, like I said, if we if we ignore it, then it's a failure. And, you know, we have a flawed system. Uh, and I, I believe this is a turning point for our society. I feel, you know, I feel we have to all come together and, and you know, fight this and end it. You know, you know, Jay, it's, it's... Uh, <laughs> you know, and to become, you know, a country where we're all treated equal. And that's that's. That's where I stand. hundred percent, man. And since you said that, it really just made me think of Drew Brees. I mean, what better example than Drew Brees just in the last week, you know, goes from superhero in New Orleans, can do no wrong, walks on water. And with one sentence became, you know, public enemy number one. And, you know, we both agreed at the time the statements were made. You know, I think we both understood he didn't mean anything malicious by what he said. Obviously, we love our country. 
you know, we respect law enforcement. We know there are tons of wonderful cops, you know, and like I've said to you, I mean, I don't think anybody hates bad cops more than good cops. I mean, one bad cop, you know, paints a negative brush over all of them, which is unfortunate. But as far as the Drew Brees thing goes, is I think the timing was terrible. Would you agree, Jay? Uh, I totally agree. I, I, I think it was more so the timing than actually what he said. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, it's wrong for him to have an opinion that, you know, he's, you know, he's strong about as far as, uh, you know, he feels that, you know, kneeling is, uh, you know, a disrespect. But uh, I also think you got to look at it both ways. I mean, everybody, you know, uh, you know, the fact that Colin Kaepernick, you know, it, you know, it was a peaceful protest, you know, even though, you know, a lot of, you know, he got a lot of flack for it and, you know, they kind of, you know, basically threw him out of the league because of it. But, you know, looking back in hindsight, I mean, think about it. I mean, for what he did compared to what, what's been going on now, like, you know, that that's probably one of the most peaceful protests I've ever seen. So, yeah, and I, I admit, I mean, I, I wasn't sure what to think it when Ka- Kaepernick first did it. You know, I know he's he's become public enemy number one to a huge majority of the population. But, you know, when I thought my initial thought was, you know, maybe it's not the best forum to kneel during the national anthem because, you know, people died to protect our freedoms. And I do understand that. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, those people died to protect our freedoms and to give people like Colin Kaepernick the right to voice his opinion and protest. So. We, we really can't take that for granted. And whatever you think of the guy at the end of the day, I think Colin Kaepernick, we're going to look back 50 years from now and he'll have become such a part of our culture and our history, much in the same way as a Malcolm X, as far as what he represented in this era. Uh, and as far as his part in the civil rights movement, which let's be honest, obviously still going on, you know? So I, there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts here. It obviously affects sports, which is why, it's important for us to bring it up. Um, it's affecting the NFL right now. I mean, just look at Roger Goodell's about face. So the NFL was wanting to find people for kneeling dur- during the national anthem. And here we are now, the players put a commercial together. Some of the stars in the league. I know Saquon Barkley was on that Jarvis Landry and the biggest name of them all, Pat Mahomes, right? Jay face of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that really, you know, sent a message. I mean, Goodell did a full about face. So, you know, we were wrong. You know, we, believe in the players right so obviously progress is being made um that's all i think we would both agree we could ask right yeah i mean it's definitely a step in the right direction but like you know i think uh like you said you know it's a matter of uh everybody just kind of putting aside you know their differences and just you know like let's just fix the problem like who you know it's not about blame at this point, it's like, let's just move forward in, in all avenues, sports, you know, and real life. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people are missing sports right now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. It's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs when the biggest sports news is uh, off the field stuff that we wish didn't even have to be discussed. Um, and it's an unfortunate thing. And I, and again, we know that not all police officers are bad. When we talk about systemic racism, we're just acknowledging that it, it's a problem. And, you know, we want to be clear. We respect law enforcement, plenty of good cops. But what happened to George Floyd was a travesty. You know, guys, you know, eight and a half minutes 
you know, the police officers kneeling on his neck. I, I mean, regardless of any pre-existing conditions. Yeah, think about it, Jay. When we were kids, you know, I'm sure we've all been through it. We're playing football out in the field. Somebody tackles you hard, maybe gives you a headbutt to the chest in the tackle, and you get the wind knocked out of you. You know, so in that moment, you're saying you can't breathe. Um, yeah. I heard somebody, a, a mayor somewhere saying, well, if, if he couldn't breathe, he wouldn't have been able to speak. But just from personal experience, that's not true. You know, I've had people on top of me when we were playing football or kill the man. You know, I've had five kids as a kid on top of me. And I remember yelling, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I couldn't breathe. So, you, you know, it, it's when we're talking about semantics like that and trying to excuse what the officer did. I mean, I also find that to be, you know, kind of despicable. So obviously we do have a ways to go still, you know, and, and since we're talking about it and, you know, this is a sports and metal show, I, I thought a great track for everybody to listen to. Uh, if anybody's familiar with the Body Count album, Bloodlust, came out back in 2017. Uh, an amazing song on that record. It's called No Lives Matter. And just in light of what's currently going on, Jay, I mean, so relevant. So relevant. Um, oh, definitely. Uh... It's, it's just something I was listening to today. And, it, you know, it just got me really thinking about it, you know, and... uh Speaking of body count, they also have a new album came out because, you know, we are talking about sports and metal and we do have a lot of stuff going on. Like we said in the country, the other thing being this coronavirus, I think it's really cool. Body count just on March 16th during the, the shutdown released their latest album, Carnivore, and uh, actually recorded a video um, for the point the, point the Finger track on the record, which actually has a guest vocal from Riley Gale uh, from Power Trip. He's on that track. Uh, it's a pretty killer tune. And they actually recorded the video at home, all the band members in their homes, you know, total quarantine video, and it kicks major That's ass. That's badass video. <laughs> yep. So anybody that hasn't seen the video or picked up the record, highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, pertinent. Body count in general is pretty pertinent as far as sports and metal right now with everything going on. But, um, yeah. you know, sh- shifting gears a little bit, Jay. Um, and speaking of what's going on with the coronavirus, uh, MLB, we're still not playing ball, man. What's going on with that? Uh, <laughs> Crazy. I, don't know. I, I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I kind of went on a little rant with you yesterday. I, I am frustrated. I, and you know, I, I said it before, you know, obviously I'm a four for four guy, sports guy, but baseball's always been my number one love. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a diehard Eagles fan, you know that, but you know, I'm really missing baseball, and I and I I'm kind of disappointed because I feel like these guys had a chance to be heroes. I mean, this country needs something right now. It's craving, it's dying for sports, and you're gonna have foot, you're gonna have basketball and hockey play before baseball, and and to me that's ridiculous. Baseball, it, you know, and, and you know what? I understand that players, you know, we can't put them on a pedestal as if they're non-human. But let's face it, compared to you and I, they're making more money, most of these guys, especially the stars, than we'll ever make in our whole lifetime of work. In 10 lifetimes. Okay? <laughs> and, and so I don't feel sorry for them. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, as, a, as a fan, I, I understand it's a business, but I also feel like you know, it's a slap in the face on both sides. I don't agree with the owners, and I don't agree with the players. I think they're both being selfish. I think they need to get their head out of their ass, come together and say, okay, whether we're either going to play this many games or you know what, just shut down the season then. Cause I'm tired of this 
back and forth proposal. You know, you got, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? The agent. Scott Horace. Uh, that jackass. He, he's involved. Like, I, I don't need that. I, you know, all I need at this time is, guys, we're, we're going to play the season. It might only be 70 games, but you know what? We're going to get it in. But no, well, meanwhile, you know, they can't they can't seem to come to an agreement. And that to me is just, oh, just... it's sad. It's sad. Jay. And, and the reason I say that is baseball has always been there for the country during times of need as a diversion, as a reprieve. You know, right after 9-11, it was baseball that came back that following week and showed the country we can go on and we can still have fun and we can still get together. And the terrorists weren't going to tell us we couldn't and you know that was our way of saying look you can't scare us you can't put fear in us you know Mike Piazza's iconic home run uh September 21st I believe it was 2011 against Atlanta I mean that still reverberates through the city of New York I mean Shea Stadium was shaken when Piazza hit that home run in New York after New York was suffering post 9-11 I mean it brought life back to the city baseball's always been able to do that to electrify people create that diversion and one of the great things, too, about baseball to me is how it's there every day. You know, whether you, like for those of true, you that don't true. know out there, I'm a huge Mets fan. Jay's a Phillies fan. Um, you know, when you're a fan of a baseball team, you can hear that team every day on the radio when you're driving, going to bed, watch the game every night after work. The broadcasters become family to you. They're there every night. Um, during World War II, baseball was there for the country. So I understand the circumstance is different this time. It's a virus. Everything got shut down. But now that we're starting to get things back together and, you know, businesses are starting to reopen throughout the country, I, I it's very upsetting to me that baseball can't see what they can bring to, the, to this country and how they can be hero, heroes in many ways and that they're not seeing that. I, I, and, they, and it's sad enough when they get, like you said, so much money to do what they do. And I've never been one of these, oh, get off my lawn guys that, you know, says, oh, they're overpaid because I get it. They're entertainers. You know, if people are willing to spend the money on the tickets, you know, people are willing to watch games on TV and they're going to get all the money from cable and advertising. They earn every penny they get. But because this is a, an unusual circumstance, they need to be willing to take a pay cut of some sort for a shortened season, considering the owners are going to have to have these games held in empty stadiums. So they're losing all that revenue and all of everybody in the country has struggled. I mean, the unemployment rate skyrocketed to great depression levels. It's just not a good look, man. To me, it's you know, a, uh, the American people don't want to hear about greedy ballplayers. It's a disgrace. I, I, yeah, I'm really telling is. you right now, it's a disgrace. I mean, you're talking, 2020 has been overwhelming, overwhelming and intense. It's been probably the craziest. Well, definitely the craziest year of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, we weren't we weren't alive in 1918, but you're talking. I mean, it's been one thing after the other. You, you had Kobe Bryant, you know, you know, I was a huge fan of him. That that was devastating, devastating. And yeah. then right after that, it was like coronavirus. And then you had lockdowns. Yeah, we're really stay at home orders. And then you had small businesses shutting down. And then you had George Floyd. And now protests and riots and just craziness. It, it, it's been and, – and, and like I said, these guys could – if they came back tomorrow, they, like I said, they'd be – people would be worshipping them because it would be a diversion once again, which is something that everybody needs. 
because everybody's so, you know, wrapped up in social media and, you know, what, what's the latest news? What's the, what's the next depressing news that's going to come out? And it's like, yeah. and they can't get that through their skull that this is yeah. like, it's, it's sad because they're still going to be making millions of dollars to play a shortened season. And the fact that they just can't understand that this is an, I get in a normal circumstance that they don't want to take pay cuts because it's a strong union. I understand all that BS, but this is different. The country needs you. You could be there to, to you know, to just be heroes and, and create that diversion. At the end of the day, you guys are supposed to be ball players. I mean, when you were a kid, didn't you just want to play the game because you loved it? Well, go play the game because you love it. You're getting paid to do it. You know, there's all the precautions are going to be there. They're going to have social distancing, empty stadiums, yada, yada, yada. Look, come on. And I will say this. It's just sad. They, they rejected all these proposals when we actually had, you know, potential for 80-game season, which still isn't much. But now it looks like MLB might just implement a 48-game season because they can't come to an agreement. And I guess in the contract that said at the end of the day, MLB has a right to do that. And it's, that's kind of a farce, too, because are you going to have MVP awards handed out and Cy Young awards handed out after a 48-game season? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'd rather just have no season than a 48-game season. It's to that point. I, I, selfishly, I don't really think I mean that when I say it. I say it out of anger. But if I get 48 games, I'll be happier than the pig and shit. I want baseball. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, the, 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 the traditionalist part of me is, like, just cancel the season because it's – it's a farce, and you're never going to know who the best team was in a 48-game season. Jay, take this for example. Last year's world champion, Washington Nationals. After 50 games, they were 19 and 31, I believe. 19, that's correct. 19 and 31 after 50 games. They went on to win the World Series. So that just goes to show 48 games is not enough of a sample to determine yeah. a baseball champion. A baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. So, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts here, you know. Um, I wish they can get it together, but I, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, it, it's a shame. It's a shame. But Yeah, well, not, yeah. To, not to change the subject, but I, I, I have a little rant. What's up, Give me a minute. I got, you, got, there, you got as many minutes as you need. There are, <laughs> there's a few statements that I'm going to tell you right now. I am so sick of hearing that I hope to never hear them again in my life. And, and, and at the, the, it's these few, set, few statements. We're all in this together. I hope <laughs> I never hear that ever, ever again. I am so sick of it. I hear it every day, 10 times a day. Six feet apart. I'm so sick of that too. Okay? Me too. <laughs> six feet apart. They ain't six feet apart in these uh, protests. So, no. Six feet apart, not for me. Social distancing. Are, aren't you sick of that? I'm Social so sick. Honestly, freaking distancing. I'm sick of it. It's like we're living in an alternate reality, like Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, man. Come on, man. We're living in a science fiction novel. <laughs> uh, and then here's your favorite. This is your absolute favorite. Flatten the curve. Oh, I, I can't. I don't want to hear it ever again, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to hear it again. Uh, oh, my and, God. All and, I want is normalcy, man. It's all I want. And and, then, um, and the last one I got for you is underlying conditions. Oh, I, I, I don't want to hear any of it. I don't I, I like, let's get it out of the uh, vernacular permanently. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had I had to. I, I, I'm with you. dude. I'm with you. Anyway, let's take a quick break for our sponsor, and uh, we'll be right back after this with our segment we're going to introduce called the Pick of the Week. And we're back. All right. It's Aaron Savage and Jason Voorhees. 
Uh, we wanted to introduce a new segment we're going to have on the show. Uh, it's called the Pick of the Week. Uh, it's something Jay and I discussed. We agreed we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to have it every week on the show. Basically, uh, Jay and I are going to pick something that we think you should check out. It could be an old album, a classic album, a brand new album. Uh, it could be an obscure album. It could be a heavy metal book, rock book. Bottom line is it's something we think kicks ass. We think you should check out. So uh, what do you think, Jay? You want me to get started with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you give it a shot? All right, man. So my pick of the week is a brand new book. Well, it's not brand new. It came out maybe four or five months ago, but it's called Heavy Tales, The Metal, The Music, The Madness, uh, as lived by John Zazula. For those of you that don't know, uh, John Zazula, or Johnny Z, as he's called, uh, he's the guy that brought Metallica from the Bay Area to Old Bridge, New Jersey. Um, he owned a record store in the Route 18 flea market in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, and from that record store, he got involved in the underground tape trading scene um, with Brian Slagle in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Metal Blade Records, I believe. Uh, long story short, these guys would trade thrash demos and tapes. And uh, Johnny Z came across Metallica's demo, brought him out to Jersey, and uh, signed him to his fledgling label that he started called Megaforce Records. Uh, Johnny Z is also famous for signing Anthrax, uh, Overkill. Um, it's just an amazing book. It tells his story. And for me, it was an especially cool read because I'm from the area. I live in Freehold, New Jersey currently. I lived in Old Bridge, New Jersey when I was younger. Um, So just reading the book, the Route 18 flea market, I used to go there all the time with one of my buddies. We would go to the Rock and Roll Heaven record store. And at the time, I obviously didn't even know who Johnny Z was. I was a young kid. (laughs) For all I know, I bumped into James Hetfield at the store. I wouldn't even know. But just reading the book and knowing that that stuff was there and I could have been there, it was cool for me. And there's a cool story in the book, too, about Scott Ian sabotaging or you know, surprising Johnny Z while he was out at an IHOP on Route 18, uh, right there by the flea market, eating his breakfast with his family. And uh, Scott Ian bombarded him and was handing him his demo and bugging him while he was eating breakfast. The rest is history. At that point, um, they polished their sound enough where Johnny Z was interested in anthrax and signed them. But again, I used to go to that IHOP as a kid. So it was just cool stories for me reading the book. I recommend the book to anybody that's a metalhead, but especially if you're from the East Coast, especially if you're from New Jersey, and especially if you're just a thrash fan, this book is a must for you. And uh, Johnny, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the show, man. I'm telling you, we want to interview you. We want to talk about the book. So if you're listening, uh, give us a shout, man. So that's my pick of the week. What do you got for us, Jay? All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm actually uh, thinking outside of the box this time, considering it's our first show. So I'm actually cool. going to go with a little selfish plug here <laughs> awesome. on my pick of the week. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, do uh, cover my Philly Rock Radio blog. Cool. Uh, uh, Philly Rock Radio, for those of you guys that don't know, it's an internet radio show, that uh, radio station here uh, locally. And uh, actually, uh, every week I, uh, I write a segment for them, and it's uh, basically uh, top albums. So you basically, you know, I, I pick a band and, uh, you know, I rank their top albums, uh, you know, by, you know, worst to first. Well, most of them are worst to first. Some of them are top tens, depending on, you know, how many albums they've had. But basically, since I started it back in February, I've done 16 bands. Uh, those bands include Black Sabbath, Def Leppard, Van Halen, ACDC, 
Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Dio, Ozzy, Megadeth, Metallica, Kiss, Aerosmith, Wasp, Alice Cooper, Overkill, and then my most recent was Striper. Uh, I'm currently working on Anthrax, which will be uh, out at later at the end of the week. But basically, you know, I take, I do a lot of research, um, look at things such as album sales, critical acclaim, album composition, and obviously the ear test. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of work. I, I, I put some time in. I basically go out back and I try to listen to every album so I have a fresh mind when I'm doing these lists. But, uh, you know, obviously it's a matter of opinion which is actually what makes it really fun. Um, you know, any, you know, as, as, as any type of list, like I said, you're, you're going to have people that don't agree. Uh, I I've had some fun with it though. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I did the kiss, uh, write up, I, uh, I shared it to a, a, a fan page group and I got some ba- major, major backlash. <laughs> I know why. Why don't you tell? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, because you know, as far as me, you know, my personal, my personal taste in Kiss, I actually rated uh, Revenge as the top album. And, and guess uh, what, Jay? I, I'm with you 100. percent It's my favorite too. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen some of the comments that I got. Uh, let's just say, uh, yeah, I had some nasty stuff said. But you, well, know, you know what? Like I the, said, the Kiss Army, the old school Kiss Army, they're always going to go with the original band. I'll tell you and, what, though, I got a lot of likes and a lot of exposure yeah, on that. There was I like five hundred so. people that 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 read it. So I, I think the people that aren't <laughs> the diehard Kiss fans that kind of have, you know, more of an out, like looking from the outside in, and are not as biased. I think that's where you get a lot of people that take Revenge as the best album. I I, I do think yeah. musically it's the best album, songwriting it's the best album. Production-wise, it's the best album. It's definitely the heaviest album. Uh, you know, so I, I get it. I bet, you know, the people that grew up with Kiss, and that's their favorite band, which, let's be honest, there's a lot of them, they're, they're, they're always going to go to the band, the, the albums they grew up with as kids. And I get that, too. Oh, and I totally I'm get it. You, and like I'm I said, I, I'm kind of welcoming people, and that's why I brought this up as, as my pick of the week, because I want people to check it out and, uh, you know, comment. Let me know, you know, what you think. What, what You know, what are your top? albums you know where would you put them uh, absolutely tell tell everybody where to find the blog again okay Jay. so basically uh you go to phillyrockradio.com and you just click on blog and, and you'll you know it's it's right there for you to you know check it out like i said i challenge you all to check it out and also speaking of philly rock radio i really want to uh you know give a plug out to my good buddies kevin law and johnny e they're, they're on every thursday evening from 7 p.m to 9 p.m and they basically play classic metal both old and new and uh it's really an awesome show i know you've heard it again yep. um, yep. you definitely don't want to miss it kevin and johnny they, they have extremely good chemistry and they definitely have phenomenal playlists they do a lot for the local metal community as well uh you know i'm sure you guys have heard of you know if you haven't bands like rat rod and mock 22 and you know we're also uh looking forward to doing that here on this show so uh, basically, like I said, check it out, and that's my pick of the week. Awesome, dude! It was an awesome pick. And uh, you know, since we're uh, since you did the selfish plug and it kind of led into some of the talking uh, about us, why don't we uh, tell the audience a little about us? I mean, Jay and I, we've known. I'm 44 years old. I've known Jay 
got to be 40 years. We were little kids when we met. Um, I mean, you know, we my were... earliest memories of Jay and I with, with metal music in particular was in my cousin's house. And he uh, had Zeppelin and Sabbath posters all over the wall. We would listen to the, to the tapes and the, and the records, the vinyls. And we were young, young. Um, and I remember, I, I remember your mom throwing all your CDs out. <laughs> oh yeah. I knew you were going to say that. And it's funny. Cause I was actually going to say it, but you said it for me, but yeah, that, that was probably my early, uh, what was that? I was on the bad list. Uh, I, I had quite a few, uh, I think it was like 25 and I think maybe after she threw them out, I had three left. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, it's, we were young and, uh, obviously, uh, I, when you when you brought home the Appetite for Destruction album cover, it definitely scared some parents. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, you know what? Bottom line is this. Uh, we've known each other for years. Um, obviously, you can tell Jay's really a Philly guy. Uh, Eagles, Flyers, uh, Phillies, Sixers. He's Philly across the board. Me, I'm a Mets fan. And in football, I'm actually a huge Miami Dolphins fan. Those are my two teams. I believe Mets blue. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I'm in Jersey. Jay's in, the, in Valley Forge now. Um, so you're, you're probably going to hear a little of the influence. I'm sure once the season start picking back up, we get some sports. Be a lot of arguing between the two of us. So that should be, that should be fun once we get shit back going. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to, the arguing. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. But, you know, Jay, um, you know, we're, up, we're pretty much out of time for this episode. Um, we look forward to uh, everybody tuning in next week. And, uh, Jay, I think we should tell everybody about our sister podcast we have coming out. Yeah, um, we actually, uh, it, it, you know, this, this, this was a, a long time coming, and I, I actually been wanting to do, you know, my own blog for, I would probably say, about three years. And uh, I, I gave Aaron a call, and, you know, I, I kept bugging him. And at first it was like we, we were both, like, on the fence. Ah, you know, I don't know if you have the time. And, you know, but then, you know, we kind of got to thinking and we're like, you know what, this could be really cool. So sports and metal name actually came. I have, you know, that's my actual blog name. And uh, we figured, you know what, what a cool name. And, and you know, two to- cool topics that we both love. The things that we love the who, most. Who, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically me and you. If you wanted to describe Aaron and Jason, sports and metal are basically that that's a description of us. I mean, that's our biography. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, and then speaking of our uh, sister pod, so the, the, the other podcast actually was the first one that came to fruition. Uh, and that came kind of out of the ashes of this project that I do with the, uh, the top albums. Uh, you know, I was actually on the show with Kevin and Johnny and, uh, you know, we were talking about ideas and stuff. And I said, you know, why don't we, uh, try something where we you know kind of battle out battle out albums and matter of fact i was on you know during the coronavirus when you know we were bored one day i was just started tweeting out you know pictures of album covers and you know i basically would say you know which one's better and i got a lot of responses from that and you know it made me think i'm like yo this would be a cool podcast so uh we actually uh we'll be dropping that we don't have a date yet but uh, we're you know it's in the works and uh, it's called and the gavel will rock, kind of like and the cradle will rock uh, by Van Halen. Except a judge's gavel. It's a exactly. It's a courtroom debate. Uh, we we we're, we're gonna debate classic albums. We're gonna de- debate 
classic lineups of bands. In other words, we might have Van Halen versus Van Hagar. I'm sure, I, I won't say we might have it. I'm sure we're going to have it. <laughs> oh, it would definitely. Be no, that. we're going to have. Uh, we're going to have. It's going to be really cool. We'll we'll debate. We'll, we'll debate bands, albums, lineups. You name it, and the gavel will rock, as 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 the name says. So we're looking forward to that. I, I me too. I've done the on Facebook over the years. I I put like, "Don't stop believing" or "Your love," you know, and get a million responses. So I think it's going to be really cool. People tend to be really passionate about things like that. You know, if you sit and say, "Oh, back in black" or "Appetite for Destruction" or "What's the better debut album, Van Halen, Van Halen or Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction?" Hypothetically, people are real passionate about that. So that's going to be fun. We're really looking forward to it. So keep an eye out for our sister podcast and the gavel will rock. And uh, Jay and I will see you here on Sports and Metal next week. All right, guys, rock on. Peace out. Peace out. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more Sports and Metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah. Got something to say? Hit us up at sportsandmetal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at sportsandmetal.